Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Horsham. This message is by Colin Squires. And, uh, and, and I feel that what God wants to do isn't through anything that I might have to say. It is through his Holy Spirit and what he wants to say to each of us. Amen. Um, we are, as Phil said, about halfway through this series about living as a, a next step life as a worshipper. And we've had these different messages over the last few weeks from different people who have just have been living out themselves. We had Pastor Clive kick off the series with what it, knows, what it means to know the one that we worship, to know God, and of course he, he lives that. We had Pastor Colin coming and bringing what it means to be a worshipper in faith and in love, and of course he lives it. I loved hearing Toby and Sarah come and bring the message about what it means to worship together as a congregation, you know, the, the sort of the act of worship, if you like, the singing, the songs, the lifting our hands, all that kind of thing. Because Toby lives it, and Sarah lives it, and the humility came across. I don't know, did you pick that up? Like, it was just, there were just nuggets of things that they were sharing that you could just hear, you do this every day. This is your experience of what it means to worship God. And, and it's humbling and encouraging and inspiring. We had Jen come and share about prayer. Goodness me, when that woman starts to share and speak about prayer, I can't help but respond. I can't help but, like, my, the, the God's spirit in me just goes, come on, Colin, come on, yeah, and just can't help but pray. Did anyone else sort of get that as well? Um, and then, of course, we had Pastor Jane last week come and speak about worshipping through trials, through adversity. And, uh, and I don't know about you, but that... The honesty, the humility, the openness, the, just the reality that, of what the journey she's been on that she shared challenged me and go, what, God, I need to be really honest with you. And, and, and there's testimony that Suki shared about stones in the heart and just using, God using a situation that was really difficult but brought out of it something good that removed blockages between her and God. And, and I just had to kind of you know, have that reality check of, God, is there anything in my life where there's stones that are sort of coming in and, and blocking my relationship with you? And, and I've just been so encouraged because I feel like God is provoking us to response. God is wanting to do something in us as worshippers that we meet with him, we know him, so that we see something change, not just in our lives or just the church, but in the lives of the people around us. Amen? And, and I feel that that's what God wants to do, continue to do this morning, provoke us to respond to him, to see change. And this morning we're talking about relationships. And God has been taking me on a journey in, in this area over the last probably couple of years, really, where he's really been putting his finger on stuff. And, um, and part of that journey has been walked out with, with Simon Coles. Um, those of you who know Simon know there's a real gift and anointing on him to help just, just get through all the rubbish and, uh, in relationship stuff and just help sort things out. And he's been a real encouragement to me and, uh, and just help bring some clarity. But some of the things that God has taken me through have not been easy. They've, they've not been enjoyable. They've been things that I've not realised were there in my heart that he sort of revealed to me and going, now let's deal with this, Colin. Um, and some of the things I didn't really like when I realised that they were there. But I know that God has loved me enough to not let me stay where I was. God, so it might feel like it's easier just to ignore all these things, but I love you too much to let you just stay where you are. Um, so I'm going to cause you to come through the other side. And I can honestly say, I stand here and I thank God that I don't think any other time in my life have I ever had so many relationships where I, I know there is freedom. There is nothing that I'm afraid I can't say or feel like I can't say or I don't say. There is nothing hidden, no secrets. Like there's... there's there's no shame. There's no worry. What do they think about me? And, and I'm, still, I'm still on that journey, as we always will be on that journey. But God has just brought some breakthrough. And my prayer is this morning that that, that same spirit of breakthrough in our relationships with one another will impact us this morning. Amen. Now, you might be thinking, like, but I thought this was supposed to be about living as a worshipper. Why are we doing relationships? Excuse me. We know that um, in Romans 12... <clears throat> 
verse 1, the Apostle Paul says, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, for this is your act of spiritual worship. He doesn't say singing songs is your act of spiritual worship. He says your bodies, your whole lives. And I think sometimes it can be easy for us um, to, to, on a Sunday or whenever, to lift our hands and worship and sing, God, you are Lord of all. I lay down my life. I bow down to before you and take everything, Lord. You're awesome. Amen? But then we, it's when the rubber hits the road is when then we realize that submitting our whole lives means submitting our wallets. It means submitting our time. It means submitting our relationships. And it seems to be usually that's there where God really sort of goes, do you really mean it? I think it's, it's no accident that Jesus, in, in the 38 parables he shares, 16 of them um, are about money and finances. Because he knows, like, it's these things. And obviously the whole Bible is full about, it's all about relationship. It's these things that really sort of test our heart, test our faith, to prove that it's genuine. Um, and... Uh, and so this whole thing about worship, we can't be worshippers of, of God if we're, not, if we're not living in truth and love with one another. Um, there's, a, there's this verse in Matthew 22 where uh, one of the Pharisees, one of the teachers of the religious law, comes to Jesus and he's trying to catch him out. And he says, which of the laws is the most important? And Jesus replies this. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And the word like here in Greek, is you know, the second law is like it, is the word homoios, which, um, which means exactly the same, of equal importance. Heinrich Meyer's um, commentary of the New Testament, he puts it this way. He was an expert on language and Greek language particularly. And he says this, it means of the same nature and character, possessing to an equal extent the condition of greatness and therefore no less radical and fundamental. Love your neighbor was as important as love God in our relationships. There is, the way that we love and relate to others is as important as the way we love and relate to God. And it says this in 1 John chapter 4, verse 20. It says, For whoever does not love their brother and sister who they have seen cannot love God who they have not seen. So we have to love each other if we love God. We can't, as much as we might want to sometimes, separate. Here's my love for God. He's great. He's never let me down. And he is awesome. And I love him to bits. But over here are people. And they keep letting me down. And, and I'm getting really offended. And I can't stand them. Um, Dave Gilpin wrote a book that, for leadership. That's, that's, I've not read it, but I love the title. It said, God, save me from your people. Um, <laughs> And, uh, and obviously, it was a very tongue-in-cheek cheek, uh, title. But nevertheless, we can't separate the two. God over here in our box, and we love him, and he's great. But his people, we can't be connected to the head in heaven without being connected to the body here on earth. Um, so this is why we're talking about worship, and we're talking about relationships. The two go hand in hand. If we want to love God and be lovers of God, we have to be lovers of people. Um, and, and I just want to encourage you. I don't believe that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us today to show us where we've gone wrong for the sake of where we've gone wrong. He doesn't condemn. He's not saying, you messed this up, you messed this up. That relationship where you never speak anymore, yeah, you should feel really bad about that. That's not what he wants to do. This morning, what he wants to do is bring us to a place of repentance and bring us to a place of, of conviction and response where we go, okay, Jesus, help me put it right. It needs to be put right. So... We heard last week that testimony again of Suki saying, no blockages between me and God. You know, like God just wanted to unblock these stones in my heart of what had come between me and my relationship with God. I believe he wants to do the same this morning, but between one another. If there's any hardness that's developed in our hearts between us and a, and a brother or a sister in Christ or a family member or whatever it might be, he wants to see those things unblocked. I believe God wants to give us a blueprint of healthy relationships and how we can love one another. Um, he wants to equip us to live this out. He doesn't just say, on, get on your way, you know, sort it out. He graces us, he equips us. And he wants to show us what that looks like. But first, I feel like before we can, we can build on with this blueprint of what God wants us to build in positive relationships, we need to deal with the relationships that in our eyes have gone wrong or are going wrong. Um, so before I start, let's just... We get into this properly before I start, but before we really go any further, let's just pray, because it's all got to be down, our hearts responded to the Holy Spirit this morning. So I just ask we just, just close our eyes for a moment, 
and just encourage you, just come before God and just say something like, God, speak to me this morning. Holy Spirit, come and bring your grace, your mercy, and your healing in areas of my life. Show me areas you want to unblock. Show me where I need to come before you and, and repent before you and sort, sort stuff out with my brother. And if you're not a Christian this morning, and maybe you've never prayed before, this is a great place to start. Say, just God, would you speak to me this morning? Would you show me what you've got for me? Amen. Amen. Um, several years ago, um, Kate and I, we'd, we'd not long been married. Um, some friends of ours we were chatting to, we were hanging out with, and man, it was, something was different in them. They were just like, they'd been married a long time, but they were just like newlyweds. They were giggling, and they were all lovey-dovey, and, you know, it was a little bit like, oh, oh this is a public place, you know. <laughs> they were really like just... They were just in love, and it, they exuded this sense of being in love. And we said, like, what's, what's happened? You know, what's happened with your relationship? Well, you know, not like it was bad before, but something's happened. There's just a, a freshness about you guys. And uh, they told us that what happened is they had this all-out awful argument. And I thought, oh, great. That's not what happens when my wife and I have an <laughs> argument. It doesn't look like that afterwards. Um, joking. But, um, yeah, yeah. They, so we had this really bad argument. But in it, one, one person had said something that just really, it was like, a, like my words, like a knife to the gut for the other person. It was just something that was so painful and so hurtful. And they realised that the reason it was painful and hurtful wasn't actually what they said in the moment. It was because it reminded of something that they'd said in an argument in their first week or two of getting married, years and years and years ago. And they'd realised in that moment, as they said it, I'd never dealt with that. It had been there, it had been like a festering wound all this time, and this thing was just like poking that open wound and was so hurtful. But what was good about the argument is it brought it to the surface and it gave them an opportunity to talk about it and there was just forgiveness and there was repentance. I'm so sorry, I hadn't realised that that had hurt you and all those kind of things. And it sorted it and she, she said it was like a wall came down in our relationship. It was like there'd been a wall between us and in that moment it was just destroyed. And now it's like we see each other completely new again. And I believe that is what God wants to do in our lives is tear down walls where there have been any walls built up. And that story, as, as you know, great as it was, it also reminded me of something, a picture that my wife Kate had had a few years before, before we just, just before we got married, where God has spoken to her about some relationships that have broken down around her and saying, God, why are these relationships falling apart? These people, they love you and all that kind of thing. What's going on? And God said, it's these walls that get built up. But the thing is, walls don't get built up overnight. Walls are made of individual bricks and they're laid over time. But if you don't deal with each brick as it's laid, then before you know it, you turn and there's this, this wall between you. And so Kate and I, we made a decision, even before we got married, let's never let a single brick lie. And, uh, and the difference, it, what is it, it has done in our relationship, in our marriage, I just, I cannot thank God enough for. There's, there's just an openness and, and an honesty and a, and ease, there's nothing that is off the table, there's nothing that we'd be worried if I brought that up, that would really push their buttons, there's nothing that we feel like, or can't talk about that, or that's a, a tricky issue, or, or if I say that, they'll get upset. There's none of that, there's no awkwardness, there's no walking on eggshells, because of what God has done in this dealing with bricks, and we're going to come on to dealing with the bricks a little bit later, but what God started to show me recently is that, though that was great, that that was what was going on in my marriage, that wasn't what was going on in my life between me and other people. And there were other areas of my, my life or other relationships where I was letting bricks lie or, or, or build up. And I've actually, bear with me one sec. I've just got a little illustration over here just to help. I don't know about you guys, but this might look like kids' work, but it really helps me. I'm a visual learner. I see something and I remember it. And uh, what, so what is one of these bricks? A brick can be when somebody says something that hurts us or offends us. Uh, maybe in a moment of anger they say something hurtful. Or maybe they forget our birthday and we feel like, oh, you really let me down there. Maybe it's they promised something and, uh, and they didn't deliver. Or maybe we just feel like in the relationship they're not keeping up their end of the, of the bargain. You know, We're putting in all the work and oh, they're just not doing anything. They're not showing me any love in return. 
And bit by bit, these bricks can build up. But the thing is, if we look at one brick, if you imagine me and another person here, one brick between us, there's nothing really between us. There's nothing we need to worry about. Our relationship's still good. If you imagine the picture that God gave Kate and I, it was like the two of us stood in an open field, beautiful flowers, an open space, a spacious place, and nothing between us. But as soon as there was one brick, it's easy to ignore, right? It's easy to ignore it and just carry on the relationship as though it wasn't there. We ignore them. But it doesn't take long before there's this little wall here, and now it's a stumbling block. Now it's something I can trip over. And what tends to happen is that as these bricks are laid, as whether it's a fence or, or whatever it might be, we start to build up these walls. But it's really important to realise what the other person did is not the brick. That would, that would paint the picture that it's their fault. It is our response to what the other person did that puts the brick down. So it's not what the person did, it's, it's the way we deal with what they did. And often, the way we deal with it is we react rather than we respond. We don't respond out of love and what the Holy Spirit wants to do. We react in the moment with anger or bitterness or we take note of it in our head and we go, right, you always do that. You never do that. You know, those kind of statements, they start to build up. And what we end up with is a wall being built between us. And what these bricks do is they bring, obviously, they, as they slowly build up, they bring separation. And uh, that, that separation isolates us yes. from the other person, uh, but it, it also it stops us receiving anything from them, stops us receiving anything good, that anything that they might have to, to pour out into our life. We stop receiving from them, um, and, and we deny it. It also um, starts to build filters, and the way I could maybe paint this picture is that if we were to build a brick wall up just a little bit higher, we might get this kind of thing where we start to almost view a person through a hole in the wall. You know what I mean? We're not looking at them and all that they've got and all that they bring in and everything that God has got uh, in them and done in them and all that he wants to do in us through their relationship and all that kind of thing. We start to just see just the hurt. We start to see just one little aspect of our relationship. And guess what that does? It lays more bricks, because now we're just seeing them through this filter of hurt and pain. We start to build up this wall. It brings separation also between us and God. We know that, that really, at the end of the day, this idea of I choose to ignore what God calls me to do and forgive and, and to you know, work out relationships in the right way and all that kind of thing, I know better, or I don't want to, at the end of the day, if we're really honest with ourselves, it's pride, isn't it? Yes. it? It might come out of, I feel hurt, or it's a self-defense thing, but really, it's, it's pride. And we know that God resists the proud. Matthew 6.15, Jesus says, if you refuse to forgive others, your Father in heaven will not forgive you. So it brings a separation between us and God. And I want to say this morning, if maybe you feel like, I feel a bit distant from God, or I feel like I'm not connecting with him in the way that I used to, and, and maybe last week's that message you heard was great, really encouraging, like, yeah, God, deal with these stones in my heart. Maybe, maybe some of the, this difficulty in our relationship with God or hearing God or whatever it might be is actually this way. It's actually we need to deal with some relationship issues this way so that we can, so that God doesn't have to resist us, so that he can forgive us and we can come into a right relationship with him again. Um, but it's, that's, not, that's not always easy. We'll, we'll come to it. So I want to share a testimony um, of where God was doing this in my life recently. I, um, I don't really remember where, where the hurt happened or really started. It's often the case, isn't it? Have a relationship, we're like, why don't you get on? Why, why do you never talk anymore? Don't really remember. Because it wasn't the issue that caused the issue, it was the way we dealt with the issue. And I couldn't really remember what the original issue was. But the original issue was only a little brick. It was maybe even a pebble. It was like nothing major, but I didn't realise that I hadn't really dealt with it properly. And so with this relationship with this person, um, I, uh, I, I took offence. I felt hurt. I thought, you know, you've done something that, that I've not processed easily or I've not found easy. It's been really difficult. And, uh, and I start to view them through that hurt. I start to filter what they said and what they did. And maybe what they meant to say was something that was really good and really positive. But because I saw it through a filter, I filtered it as like, 
whatever it might be, or you, you never think I'm good enough, or you never think like, you know, I was he- not hearing what they said, I was hearing what I thought they said. That makes sense? Um, I started to uh, not necessarily really realize that I was, but I was starting to avoid this person. I started, I certainly wanted to, wanted to avoid talking about it, and I even maybe justified it a bit to myself, thinking, well, if I don't talk about it, it's because I don't want to dig up stuff. It's in the past, you know, it happened, it's gone, it's finished now, and it's in the past, so I don't want to dig it up, I don't want to talk about it. Whereas really what I was avoiding was reconciliation, we really was avoiding dealing with the issue. And so I didn't want to do that, and I'll just push it off to one side. Um, and uh, I was aiming to be a peacekeeper. You know, I just want to keep the peace. If, if we don't talk about it, then we won't fall out and it'll all be fine and no one ever has to know and we just move on and pretend it never happened. I was a peacekeeper. And the longer it went on, of course, the more bricks started to pile up. That filter meant that every time I heard something that even was good, it seemed bad. And these bricks just built up further and further and further and it's just bringing more and more and more separation. I would start to, I don't know if anyone else has ever done this, I would start to role play in my head, where I would start to have a conversation with this person in my head, where a conversation that never happened in reality, they would say something, I'd be like, I knew they'd say that, that's just like them. They didn't even say it. I once went out with a girl many years ago, who um, we, we met up one morning, and the uh, first thing she did when she saw me, she punched me really hard on the shoulder. I was like, what did I do? She said, you were so mean to me last night. And I was thinking, I didn't see you last night. She said, in my dream, you were really mean to me. (laughs) I can't help that. Funnily enough, the relationship didn't last that long. (laughs) But um, I started to role play. Be honest, I'm I'm trying to be really honest here, guys. Has anyone else ever done that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is that the way God wants us to respond in a relationship? No, (laughs) sorry, Lord. I started to play out these, these role plays in, in, in my head, just thinking, yeah, that's just what I thought. And it confirmed to me my hurt. It confirmed, yes, they completely meant to do that. Lay more bricks, lay more bricks. Every time I'd think about it, laying more and more bricks. Now, at this point, I could still go, oh, yeah, but we're fine, you know, our relationship is fine. Like, it's just a low-level wall, you know? This is nothing. Like, look, easy, no hindrance whatsoever because we're completely fine but of course that's not really the case is it? that's that's kind of we're kidding ourselves if we think that's the case so it started to affect though the way that I saw myself and the way I saw God because I started a process down this brick now I'm not receiving love from that person I'm not receiving what God intended for me from that person um I started to believe they didn't like me they were angry with me disappointed with me it was poking my fears of rejection intimidation and need to be accepted it was all these things that are meant to be met in Jesus. This brick, brick wall was separating me both from the person receiving through, from God through them and from God himself. It started to affect the way I saw God. And the, I was starting to think, is that, the way, is that how I really am? Does God think that way about me? It's, I started to justify thinking, well, I know I really need to go and have a conversation. I need to sort this out. No, I don't. Why should I? It's their fault. I started to justify it. But is one of the worst words we can use when it comes to relationships. Yeah, but. You don't know what they did. Yeah, but. And started to justify this. Anyone ever done that? Yeah. Um, I started to believe the lie of unforgiveness. That if I stayed angry and didn't forgive, then I would somehow be punishing the other person. It's this lie that is sort of like if I douse myself in petrol and set myself in fire, I'll hope they'll die of smoke inhalation. It's that whole, we cause ourselves pain, we cause ourselves hurt, we cause ourselves further building up of this wall between us and them and us and God. We start to hurt ourselves and it doesn't really, obviously it affects the other person, but not in that way. The other person sometimes can be completely oblivious to what's been going on and, uh, and we're just harming ourselves. Now, I pray about this, and I bring it before God, and every time something happened, I would, of course, say, God, I forgive that person, and I I choose to let them go, and I move on, and let's not let it affect our relationships. But that's not really what was happening, because the picture that I got was like, it was like Jesus calling me out of the tomb of unforgiveness uh, and coming out of, of the grave, 
And then Lazarus, as he came out of the grave, Jesus said, and said, take the grave clothes off of him. For me, it was like I had this long, you know, mummy bandage all the way around, and it went all the way back into the grave. And I was just coming up, and ooh, it would trip me up. And, uh, and I would, next time something came up, it would be still viewing through this filter of the wall. Because though I'd said I forgive, I hadn't actually been obedient to God in truly forgiving and saying, God, I give it over to you. I forgive as you forgive, and I forget, and I treat as though nothing ever happened. I refuse to view life through this filter anymore and let God deal with me in that place. Now, eventually, thank you, Jesus, came God, as I said, he loved me so much, he wouldn't let me stay where I was, and went and had the conversation. And it wasn't easy for me to have the conversation, but I'm so, so glad that I did. Because what I received from the person, firstly, first thing I did was say, I'm sorry, this is what's happened in me. I've been bitter and I've been angry and all these kind of things. And they graciously forgave me, and then they said, Forgive me for the way that's affected you. You know, they, they sought my forgiveness. And then they told me that they're for me. They encouraged me. They showed love to me. There was reconciliation and a putting right that it was like this. It was break the wall down. Let's sort it out. None of this rubbish. Get it out of the way. Deal with it in the moment. Thank you, Jesus. I'm thankful. I mean, you can be thankful for me, like for what God did in me. It was great. But God can do this in all of us and intends to do this in all of our relationships. Now, my responsibility now is I need to make sure that this doesn't happen again. One brick. The moment there's one brick, go, okay, right, this needs to be dealt with. God, I bring this towards you, to you. Let's lay this down. That is not what's going to happen again. If I need to have the conversation, go have the conversation, whatever it takes, because we need to have these right relationships. Because if we don't, how is God going to move? How is God going to do what he wants to do if we're divided, if we're broken? Um, I thought I knew how to do this. And in one area of my life, I was. But there was another area that I, I wasn't. But there's this verse in Proverbs that talks about as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Yeah. You read that one? I love that verse. Yeah. Well, I love the sound of that verse. <laughs> iron sharpening iron... <laughs> is not, as a, as a feather, gently softens a feather. <laughs> so a friend softens a friend. No, iron sharpens iron. It's hard. It's breaking off the rough bits. It's scratching off the rusty surface. You know, it's hard. I don't know if you've got at home a sharpening steel in your knife. After a few years, you realise, like, well, I need to buy a new life, knife. I've, like, I've lost a few millimetres. But that's not what iron sharpening iron looks like here. But that was maybe a bad example. But... <laughs> But this iron sharpening iron is hard. It's not comfortable a lot of the time. But it sharpens our spirit. It sharpens our relationship. Our love and relationship with God is tested to prove it's real. It's genuine. And our relationships will be tested to prove that they are real. The quality of relationship, its depth, its value, are only known after the test and not before. If we avoid the test because we might not like the outcome, we avoid the opportunity for God to grow us, to build, to bring breakthrough, to bring freedom. This is the same thing as refining gold. You know, when, when gold's refined, it goes under the heat, it boils all the dross to the surface, it's skimmed off, and, and then it goes through the process again. And each time it's refined, it gets more and more pure as more and more of the dross is scooped off and the impurities come out. And these kind of conversations, these facing up to reality, is like putting our lives under the flame to let God boil up some more impurities out of our life. Now, we can pretend that our relationships are 24 karat gold. We can pretend, oh, yeah, it's a 10 out of 10 relationship. This is definitely a Simon Colesism, something I've picked up from Simon. So, like, we can pretend we've got a 10 out of 10 relationship, but if actually we have a 3 out of 10 relationship, then we're never going to get to a 4 or a 5 or a 6 out of 10. Certainly never a 10 out of 10. Because we're never going to deal with the things that, that put us under the fire, that bring out that impurity. I believe God wants us to have a positive view of difficult relationships. Not as something that's hurtful or hard, but something as an opportunity for him to go, okay, God, refine me then. Refine us both. Use this as an opportunity to draw me closer to you, rather than allow me to, to move myself further away. It does not matter their lack of love for us, or their perceive, our perceived lack of love from, on their part for us. That does not mean that we can respond likewise. 
We are to love others, not as they love us, but as Jesus has loved us. That's why we should not only love our friends, but Jesus says, love your enemies. Not just the friends that uphold their side, but our enemies as well. Other people's performance in these areas, in relationships, if they don't do a great job, that is not the benchmark. It is Jesus' love for us that is the benchmark. We are called to reflect not each other's love for one another, or, or I think it's really important, our perceived love, because someone else can be really, really doing everything they can to love us, but if we're viewing it through a filter, then we're not receiving that love. So it might actually not be that, well, they don't love me. It might be they really are trying to love us, but we're not seeing it because we're on the other side of a wall that is of our own doing. But that is not the benchmark. We're not called to reflect the love of one another to one another. We are called to reflect the love that Jesus has for us to one another. John 13 says this, a new command. Jesus said, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Is there anyone in the church that you avoid? Is there anyone you just kind of hope they don't see me, you know, when you pass them in the street? Is there anyone we think, oh, I'd rather not have a conversation with that person. I hate getting in a conversation with that person. All that kind of thing. There might be an area there that God wants to deal with. We are not called to be peacekeepers who avoid confrontation at all costs. I don't really like confrontation in the natural. Anyone else would say, I don't like confrontation. Some people, very rarely it seems, like Simon, love confrontation. They think it's hilarious. (laughs) But it is great, and we need more of that in our lives. I was being passive, and God wanted me to to not be passive and just let 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 things go. You know what I mean? Not let things go undealt with. Um, God doesn't call us to be peacekeepers. He calls us to be peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. You know, we know that 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 verse that Jesus says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. You'll be called children of God. You'll be called disciples if you're loving one another. When we're peacemakers. Sometimes it's not the case of forgiveness and hurt. I had, this was another experience in another area God was dealing with me in relationships with a good friend of mine where there was something, I don't remember what it was, again, it wasn't the issue, there was something that I felt like, I need to say this to him. I don't remember it was something that I thought wasn't right was going on or he needed some advice or whatever, I really don't remember. But I realised I didn't want to tell him because I thought maybe he won't be my friend anymore if I tell him what I really think. So it wasn't he'd hurt me or anything like that, I just thought, well, what if I really upset him and he doesn't want to be my friend anymore? And I realised... That is not loving. That's not being a friend. That's being selfish. That's caring more about our relationship, or does he like me, than it is about loving. And so I said to him, mate, I'm really sorry. I just realised that I've not wanted to tell you the truth because I thought I was scared of the way you might react about it. And that's not being a mate. And I'm really sorry. Here's what I think. don't remember what it was that I thought at the time. Here's what I feel God's saying. Um, will you forgive me? And moving on, let's not have that before. And our relationship has got so, so much better. And I'm so thankful for it because our relationship now, there's like, we've, we've talked about anything. There's nothing off the table. And it's brought openness and freedom. Why do we blame others and strive to be right? If there's an issue, let's own it. Let's challenge it and allow God to deal with it in them and in us by confronting it and talking about it. But we need to see what God wants to say to us before we respond. Because you can't take this message this morning and go, oh yeah, Colin was talking about you know, confronting the issue. So finally, I've now got permission to go and have a conversation with this person, give them a piece of my mind. <laughs> you know, we're not re- reacting out of our anger and emotions to what they've, they've done or said, or we thought they've done or said, but we are, we're responding to what God wants to do in us and then having the conversation Paul says this, he says, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. Sometimes we can believe the lie that we don't need to forgive because what happened was in the past. I'm not talking about digging up things of the past or anything like that, or someone did something in the past. But if it affects or colours or filters what we're seeing now, it's in our present, it's not the past, it's our reality today. And it needs to be put in the past. It needs to be dealt with, killed off, finished with, buried, and and hidden in Christ. It's done with. Um, But deal with it, how it's affecting us today. We need to change our mindset, let God renew our minds, and set our heart on the truth. Not experience 
and not what we think or feel, but what Jesus says, truth, forgive. The truth of God's word says we can live in unity with all of our brothers. Reason says that we won't get on with everyone. But which one do we want to believe? Do we want to believe the truth or do we want to believe reason? I'd just like to ask, um, ask Toby and Nick, would you mind coming up? We're going we're gonna to respond now to what, what God wants to do because what I felt God said we wanted to do was let's deal with these brick walls. Let's see them knocked down, finish with, clear the air, clear the land, get it sorted out, be back in that spacious place. We need to respond to that in the moment. But then, of course, there's going to be a continued response in the way we then walk that out with other people. But then after we've done that, we're going to just spend a five minutes just to look at a few things of, OK, how do we move forward in the future? What do we do to not allow these bricks to build up again? So I want to uh, invite you just to, to stand. And just, just come before God. I'm going to ask these guys just to play something because in a moment what we're going to do is we're going to verbally speak some of this stuff. We're going to use our words. And I don't want there to be any excuse of, oh, I didn't want the person next to me to hear, especially if maybe they're the person we're forgiving in that moment. Um, so no excuses. So I'm just going to ask them basically just to make some noise. We're not needing atmosphere. We just need some noise so that there's no excuses, okay? Because... We need to deal with some of these things right now. God wants to deal with some of this stuff in our hearts right now. I said earlier, if you felt far from God, then maybe actually what's been going on is this, this problem issues with people. And what we need to do is forgive. Now, to forgive does not mean to say that what the other person did was right. It is not saying that what they did was right. It is never right. But it is saying that I... It, I choose, it's a decision of the heart, I choose to let you off the hook. Forgiveness is agreeing to live with the consequence of the other person's actions, the other person's sin maybe. And either way, whether we like it or not, we are living with the consequences of the other person's actions. But we have a choice whether we live with it in bitterness or we live with it in peace and forgiveness. Pastor Jane was talking about last week, the way God dealt with her was not to change the situation, but to change her response to the situation, which changed everything. And this morning, God wants to bring some freedom that though it doesn't change what they did, our, changing our response to what they did changes everything. Forgiveness is choosing not to hold someone's sin against them any longer. It's not just choosing to say, I forgive you, but the next time that I see you, I'm going to still still stand behind the wall I'm still view, through, view you through the crack it says I'm going to put this right no matter what I, I refuse to live with the effect of that sin on my life we can't wait till we feel forgiveness it's really important forgiveness is a choice if we wait to feel forgiveness we'll never get there but if we choose to forgive, then often the emotional healing and all that kind of stuff, that follows right behind it. Because the moment we forgive, we, we fulfill our part in God's relationship where he says, I can't forgive you. I won't forgive you if you won't forgive. The mercy I've shown you, you need to show to others. I can't. I have to resist you because it's my word. And I'm, I'm, I'm always true to my word. But I don't want that. So the moment we do that, he can come. There's healing can come. So right now, we're going to make a vocal, verbal declaration and see some of these things broken right now. Okay? Amen? Firstly, we're just going to go, God, is there anyone? You might have a name or a person in your mind right now and you just, you know, you know that's it. But let's just say, God, is there anyone you need me to forgive right now? And as I was preparing for this message, I was really surprised that God started showing me people. I was like, oh, I didn't even realize I had, there was anything there that needs to be forgiven. I'm going to, just to warn you, I might have to have a conversation with a couple of you later on today. But... Right now, we're going to name the person. God, show me if there's anyone I need to forgive. We don't need to go searching, but just God, show me. And we're going to say this. Lord, I choose, not necessarily want, but I choose to forgive. And then say their name. Say it out loud. I choose to forgive this person. 
for what they did or what they failed to do and you can name that now. I choose to forgive this person for what they did and just name it before God. Which made me feel, and I just tell God, how did that make you feel? What was the thing that the offense or the whatever the hurt, what it was, it made me feel like this. I find really helpful is I always say, Lord, I choose right now to let them off the hook. They're forgiven. That's it. Done. We don't need to do more than that. More than that is not grace. More than that is our striving. That's all God says to do. Just name it, choose, make the decision and forgive. The next thing we need to do is to pray, to choose not to hold on to the resentment and just come right now, just say that in your own words, Father, I choose not to hold on to this resentment anymore. I break every filter or wrong mindset I've had towards this person. Forgive me for seeing them through my eyes and not through yours. And just whatever those words are, just bring that before the Lord. And now we can ask God for healing. God, heal my emotions. Heal my heart. Any woundedness there, would you restore? If there's a physical healing in you and you've been coming before the Lord and you realize now, just like we heard that testimony earlier, there was something in relationship with others that was blocking that. God, would you heal me right now? Thank you that you heal me right now. And the last thing we're going to do now in response to this right now is we're going to ask God to bless that person. And again, verbally, do it out loud. Father, I ask you, bless that person. If they don't know him, say, Father, I ask you, reveal your goodness and your, your life to them, that you bring your salvation into their, their lives, that they might come to a place where they repent before you and they get their life sorted out with you. If they do know him, then just say, God, would you bless them? Would you prosper them? Would you pour out your goodness and your love on their life? And again, it's a choice, not because I feel like it, but because I'm being obedient to you, Lord. We don't need to ask God to help us do this. He's, he's, already, he's already given us everything we need to do this. He's given us his Holy Spirit. He's rooted and established us in love. He's, he's given everything that we need for life and godliness. It's just a choice in a moment. And once we've done that, we can just start to rejoice. We just, we just start to thank him. Thank you, Jesus, that you love me enough to not let me stay where I am. But Lord, you want to bring unity in this body. The devil wants division because he knows that this is how the world will know that we're his disciples. Unity in the body. Jesus, we, I speak right now over our whole congregation, over the church, over everyone at the sound of my voice right now, are breaking through and breaking out of this wall. Not because, not because it just falls of its own accord, but because we choose to put it right, right now. To come before you, God, and to repent. And Lord, I thank you that there will be no vestiges of those, those, those uh, grave clothes holding us back. No elastic bands that snap us back into the, the mindsets of the past. In Jesus' name, just like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego came out of the fiery furnace and it said there was not even the smell of smoke upon their clothes, there will not be even the smell of smoke of, of, a, of a broken or hurt relationship about us. When we're together with that person in the room, there is nothing of the hurt or the offence that is left. There is not even the smell of smoke. Thank you, Jesus, that you restore us as a body together in you in unity. Amen. Amen. If you want to take a, take a seat for a moment, thank you guys for making some noise for us. There was also, it's funny, because even though you're there to make noise, there's anointing and there's just, it's, it's cool. I love you guys. You've got worship hearts. Has God been doing something in you just now? The next step this morning is to have maybe a difficult conversation. But to look at it through the eyes of, God, this is an opportunity for you to refine some gold. Um, again, we don't need to go and revisit the past. If it's done, it's finished with, and it was just we dug it up. And now we're, you know, we'd forgiven them. We'd have the conversation. Now we dug it up. We need to deal with that. We shouldn't be going up and digging stuff that's dealt with. But if it's never been dealt with, let's have that conversation. And I just wanted to give, a, just in our last couple of minutes, just a couple of pointers in helping clear these bricks. I don't know if ever you, any of you had had a situation kind of like this. The other day, Kate and I were just heading to the hospital to take our beautiful 
little new baby, hourly to the hospital, which I'm smitten, she's gorgeous. But we were taken to the hospital, and Kate was putting her in the car seat in the back. I was sat in the front seat, and just as Kate was putting her in and just doing up the buckles and that kind of thing, she threw up everywhere. Not Kate, the baby. No. Um, all down her front, and I just heard Kate, and obviously I couldn't see this or hear this because she's behind me, but I heard Kate going, oh, no, he's going everywhere kind of thing. And I turned around and said, oh, no, what's happened? Are you okay? And Kate completely ignored me. And I, don't, I think I'd gotten out of the wrong side of the bed that morning, because that normally wouldn't, you know, I'd be like, oh, maybe she didn't hear me or whatever. But that, I, was, I got a bit upset. It's like, I felt like it was almost like, oh, you don't need me then. Or you, I, it doesn't matter what I, you know, if I'm concerned about you or the baby, that kind of thing. It was just this, this little thing of like, oh, fine, well, fine. Now, it was probably, it wasn't like, don't worry, we weren't going to like, you know, fall out over it. It was a, probably a brick or a pebble, like about this big. It was like nothing. It was really nothing. But because I knew we've had this kind of conversation, like we don't even want the little pebble, she came and got in the car. And before we went anywhere, I just said, well, I think actually we got to the place where we were going. And I said, um, you know, just a minute ago when, when you just said, oh, no, you know, that kind of thing. And, and I asked you what happened. You didn't say anything. I just felt like, like this much, but I felt a little bit hurt by it. I felt like you were ignoring me. You didn't care if, that I wanted to know what was going on. And she was like, I'm so sorry I didn't hear you. She said... I was there like, why doesn't he care what's going on? <laughs> I said, oh no, she's thrown up. And you just sat there, just like, looking at the car. You're like, fine, I'll deal with it myself. And so in Kate, there was this little tiny little pebble. Have anyone ever had something like that kind of go on your relationships? And it was like, oh. What? And do you know what, what could have happened? Is that little brick started to form a little line of pebbles that started to form a little row of bricks that started to build this really beautifully constructed hand-built stone wall that divided us. And maybe next time something like that happened, oh, you never involve me, you never include me, you never care what I think. That's, what, that's where it could go. And I, know, I don't know, but some of you might have some relationships where that is now where things, or until this morning when we dealt with it, that's where things were getting to. But we dealt with that little tiny pebble, and it took about 20 seconds. But do you know what the result was? Was not only it dealt with a pebble, but it just brought us closer together. So, like, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. Oh, I wasn't that silly. Ah, ha, ha. We laugh about it. We're closer together. We go, oh, I'm so appreciative of you and the fact that we can have these conversations. It brought more freedom, more love. And, you know, it, when we first got married, I don't know, how often do we have brick conversations? A handful of times a year, maybe, something like that. Now we have them, like, we've been married coming up to six years. And, uh, and now we, we have them, like, that was probably the first one I can remember this year. And now and then, once in a while, we'll just say... Are there any bricks? No. Or sometimes like, well, there's this thing. We should probably talk about it. And guys especially, I want to talk to you guys in the room. I, this stuff, emotional stuff, does not come naturally to me. I don't find it easy. I find it incredibly tiring. And my natural reaction is to want to just close down. And if there's any, I know stereotypically that can be true of a lot of guys. Maybe it's true of you if, you, if you're a lady as well. But guys, we can't let that be an excuse. It's not... It's what, what the fruit that God wants to bring out is worth, worth it. So these are the tips. Now that that wall has been knocked down or, or it's, it's wobbling, it's just ready to go because the moment you have the conversation, it all comes crashing down. Don't let another brick be laid. Be, keep short accounts is what we often call it. Keep short accounts. If something goes wrong, sort it out then and there. Just deal with it. And the more you do that, the more that that gold gets refined, the less dross there is to come out anyway. And the less you need to have those conversations because you're secure with one another. You, there's, there's, you're no longer having to build on a lack of trust. You're building on trust. So keep short accounts. Be humble. Be willing to ask forgiveness for your part first. Even if you feel that most of it was their fault. It's always... It's, to, to the tango, right? There's always a little bit of, of both sides. Um, not, not always, but, you know, certain things. But pretty much always, there's our part in it. And just go and forgive um, and be humble because that will cause the other person, their response then, to respond in love. So we're reflecting Jesus' love to them and it helps them go, okay, I need to reflect Jesus' love back. Don't settle for a standoff. Be prepared to put the work in and communicate. And we could probably do a whole other series about good communication skills and all that kind of stuff. But I really encourage you, um, if, if this is going to be helpful for your marriage, if that's where the, any of those issues are, sign up for the marriage course. 
I've, I've done it. We loved it. It was brilliant. It was date night for seven weeks. It was great. Great food, great conversation, and helped deal with you know, any bricks or anything like that. It was brilliant. Sign up for the marriage course. If there's any other relationships elsewhere, sign up for freedom. If you've done freedom before, do it again. Freedom is living in freedom every day. It's not just do it once and now, hooray, I'm free. You know, we want to live continually in the freedom that Jesus has got for us. And so if you need to do it again, just go and do it again. If you don't need to do it again, do it again because it's good anyway and it helps us focus on what God wants to do in us. Um, and lastly, have some emotional insight. Don't just have the conversation at this level. Go, would you say, God, would you show me what's really going on in me? Or what's really going on in them? Am I responding right now of, out of what's happened and the issue and the thing that happened? Or am I responding out of, out of an old mindset of how I used to deal with this or how we dealt with this last week and we didn't really resolve it, so now it's built up, you know? Just have a bit of insight. Say, God, would you show me what's going on in my heart? And respond, don't react. And lastly, let our words be seasoned with salt. Let our words reflect the nature of what God wants to do in our hearts. So statements like, you always do that, are not reflecting a brick-free life, are they? They're reflecting a wall that's right up here. You've done it, you've forever done it. It doesn't matter what they've done in the past. We, we, let's let our words be seasoned with salt. And, and I truly believe that out of what, what God wants to do in us in harvest, in bringing other people into this, into what he's got and the life and that kind of thing, we need to be... In unity, we need to be together as one voice and, and you know, there can't be all this, this, you know, any division amongst us or in our marriages or whatever else. If you need to go today and write someone a letter or give them a phone call, I encourage you, please do it today. Don't put it off till tomorrow. If you possibly can, there's no condemnation if you have to put it off till next week or whatever, but have the conversation, put it in your diary, set a date, I will do it by this time. If it's tricky, find a friend and help them keep you accountable to it. Have you had that conversation yet? Because you said you would. Help them you know, get that accountability. And, and lastly, if you're not a Christian this morning, and you've been sat here and you've been thinking, do you know what, I've got some people I really need to forgive, and I don't feel like I could ever forgive them. God enables us. He graces us. The mercy that we've received from him, we can give to others. And, and maybe you've had like a life where you've had people in your life where you could never forgive, or you feel like you could never forgive. This morning, come and have a conversation with us and we would love to introduce you to Jesus and he can lead you into that place where you can be free in your relationships with others and, obviously, have a relationship with him, the most important relationship of all. Thank you so much. Um, remember, our response is our next step this morning. It's, uh, it's not just what we've done now. That's massive, massively important. But as well as that, God wants to bring restoration as well. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.